yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Leia Healthcare. Looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, this week we're focusing on a forgotten aspect of health, one that increases your stress levels, and that is your finances. I'm delighted to be joined by Owen McGee, broadcaster, financial expert and author, who's going to tell us all things about financial health. Owen, welcome to Real Health. I'm delighted to be back, Carl, because you know what happened a couple of weeks ago at the start of the year on your Instagram? You asked people, who do you want back? Who do you want on the show? And it just shows you how relevant and irrelevant you can become. Because the last time, <laughs> oh, we've had a couple of asked uh, questions or people asking for own. Nobody asked for me this time. I was like, ah, here, I'll never get back on that show. So it is nice to be back. And maybe, um, maybe people will remember me the next time you ask. Oh, listen, they, they certainly will. The financial, planning, the financial episodes are always really, really popular. I think it's one of those aspects of health people don't really think about. But the reality is that, you know, being financially in control, it affects all aspects of your health, from your stress levels to your motivation levels. If you're in control of that, that area of your life, it makes a huge difference to everything else. And I think that's a really, really important point, because if your finances are all over the place and out of the control, it's very difficult to put your mind anywhere except trying to fix that problem. And everything else is magnified when you've got financial problems. And it, like you've got financial problems and you can start to put on weight because you don't feel like running because, or running is my thing, running because you, uh, you need to work more to try and fix the problems and the financial. And it's just a real spiral of nothing can be right until the money is right. And one of the things that is really, really tough since the last time we spoke is like, if you think about it, Carl, last time we spoke was just before COVID. We did it in studio. We didn't have any question marks over being in the same room together for an hour. And the world has changed quite a bit. But for a lot of people, the world has changed so dramatically that they've never, like some people since we spoke last have lost their job three times. And these are people who have never lost their job before. And they've lost their job three times and they're sitting there going, when is this going to be finished? And it's hard for, there are 2 million people in Ireland who are better off because of COVID. Their wages, their wow. wages have stayed the same and their expenses have fallen through the floor. So there's 2 million people that are sitting there and they're saying, uh, uh, kind of, and I, sorry, I don't want to, I'm, I'm hopefully one of those people. I classify as myself as one of those people and I'm feeling the pain. But could you imagine how much worse it is for the people who are going through everything everybody, those two million people are going through, and they don't know where their next paid salary is coming from. They know where their next social welfare payment is coming and when it's coming, but they don't know the next time they're going to get out to work again in the job they used to love or a brand new job. And that's an awful, awful place to be on top of everything else that everybody else is going through. You're going through that as well. And I think that people... There are, look, every cloud and all of that, and, and let's take the positive out of it. 
if you are one of those people who's lost your job for the third time in 12 months or in 10 months, and if you're feeling really awful about it, one of the things you do need to realize is that this is rock bottom. Like it does not get worse than this. This is as bad as it gets from a financial, from a career, from a life perspective. It's, and you know what? One of the things you can take an awful lot of solace from is the fact that it's not your fault. You didn't do this. This just happened and it was completely outside of your control. And what you do need to do is you need to take the control back again. And the way in which you take the control back again is, is you take a real step back and you make a decision for yourself now. What do I want to do next with my career? Because whatever you're on, if it's a pup or if it's a some other payment, whatever social welfare payment you're on, any job you get is going to be a pay rise. So you can actually now go and do any job you want or any job you've ever wanted to do and really take this time to sit back and say, okay, what's next? What do I really want to do with the rest of my career? And this is a real, it's interesting. We would, in in different times, we'd have clients who would come into us and and we would deal with high-end kind of top earners. And sometimes things don't work out and they get let go. And typically when you're at that level, they get decent packages and they've got some breathing space, but they're sitting there going, I don't know what's next on. I really don't know where I'm going. And I'm, and I'm, I've never felt like this. And sometimes a bit of depression will kick in and people be very, very, find it very difficult. What's hard to get into their head at that time. And what's going to be hard for people to listen to who are off work at the moment is when we tell them, I promise you in 12 months time, you're going to look back on this and say, it was the best thing that ever happened to you. Because all of so the clients let's, let's try and give them let's try and give them some coping tools and coping skills then. I think you hit on it earlier about two about two minutes ago, saying, you know, it's about controlling the controllables. And that's really, really important. So if you are listening in and you are having a tough time financially, don't worry. We're gonna help you out. We're gonna give you some tips and some tools. And controlling those controllables is crucial. And the first big thing around that is spending rules, yes. isn't it? So spending rules, what you need to realize is one of the things that's been taken off you is the control of when your next paid pay packet's coming from. But you sh- you do have social welfare coming in, all right? And what you first of all need to do is you need to look at how do you, you're feeling crappy from a financial perspective right now because you feel like you've lost control. So take that control back. And how you take that control back is you look at your bank account, you work out when you're next getting your social welfare payment or your next pay packet. If you're working, this applies to you too, right? The same rules apply. And you look at every single euro in your bank account and you give every euro a job, okay? And that's different from budgeting. Budgeting is guessing what's going to happen in the future and then feeling like you failed miserably when it doesn't happen the way you expected it to. Spending rules is, and let's just keep this really, really simple. I'm going to spend 50 euros. I have 100 euros left. I'm going to spend 50 euros on groceries and 50 euros on a takeaway, okay? That's, and, and then I'm going to get paid. And just to keep, change it to whatever you want, keep it very simple. And then you go into the shop and you spend 55 euro on the groceries. What you have done there, because you're in control of it, you made a conscious decision as you put the extra thing into the basket to reduce the takeaway spend. Whereas if you don't give every euro a job, what happens is, is, oh, the shopping was 55 euro. Sure, I have 100 in my account. I'm grand. So take that control back again. And you apply that. That's a very simple version of how your spending rules should work in life. In general, whether you're working on social welfare, whatever the situation you're in, you need to take control instead of your money controlling you. And once you do that, your finances, 
you start to engage in your finances much better. You know what the jobs are. You know what each euro has to do for you because you're controlling it instead of it controlling you. And you decide to change the jobs as life changes. And you don't feel like a failure. And that's really important. And sorry, I'm talking about failure as a budgeting failure. Never before, and I know I've touched on this already, never before have you been able to sit at home on social welfare and say, this was not my fault and absolutely 100% be right. And nobody should feel that they could have done anything. And I do think that that's really, really important at the moment because there are people suffering. There are people who are doing really well, though, Carol. Like people who think about it from a savings perspective, right? We would, in an ordinary month, households in Ireland, people in Ireland, not companies, people in Ireland in an ordinary month would save 443 million euro. That's how much we, a month, month, uh, when we add up all the houses together. In April last year, when the first lockdown hit, we saved 3 billion, 3,000 million versus 443 million. We now have over 123 billion sitting on deposit. Now, that's from the 2 million people who are still okay financially and in fact, they're better off. They have a serious responsibility on their shoulders. We can abdicate responsibility to government, agree with them or don't agree with them. We can abdicate responsibility to them, to them to say, you guys need to use our taxes to look after the companies that have to close down in the interest of public health. And the CRSS scheme and the wage subsidies and the PUP schemes and all of that. Government, look after the ones who have to close in our public health interest. Two million people, you guys need to look after the people who are allowed to stay open. You guys need to spend money more than ever before we need to spend money in Irish companies. And the thing about it is, is that sometimes it doesn't hit home to people. Like when we, and if these figures are slightly out of date, they're kind of the first half of the year. When we shop online, 60% of the money we spend online is spent abroad. It's not spent in Irish companies. Now, I would hope the second and a half of the year would show us a different figure to that, but the first half of the year is 60%. Um, and that is a phenomenal amount of money to be leaving the country at a time where they're like, I don't know, there's no bloke or girl sitting in Bologna saying, I must buy from an Irish shop, right? So the only person thinking about buying from an Irish shop is Irish people. We have a responsibility to our own people. And the reality is, is the more money we put into our own shops, the more it comes back into the economy and it rolls around and around and around again. The only people are going to take us out of this is the people to spend the money that they've saved. And that's really important. What are the common things, you know, people listening in thinking, okay, maybe I have saved a little bit more. In terms of looking at your bank accounts and looking at your spend, what are the common things that people might miss or people might kind of skim over and actually, if they looked at it a bit more or realized, you know, oh, that's important, that's important. Like, what are the common mistakes people make? One of the things I think when you talk about missing stuff, we've got these three lockdowns forced on us, right? And when you're in the middle of a lockdown like we are right now, what you realize is that there's certain things that you really, really miss in your life. And whether that's your five-a-side football or it's the running club or it's your park run or it's pints with the lads or dinner with the girls or whatever, right? There are things that you really, really miss and you need to remember that you miss them. But more importantly, there's stuff you didn't miss. There's stuff that just creeps into your life and we allow it in. And I'm sure there's people that you don't miss, but there's also stuff that we spend money on that just don't let it back into your life after all this is over. 
And the stuff that you really miss, let's just take an example. And look, I don't want to segregate anyone and I don't want anyone kind of texting into you and saying, hold on a second, I would never do that. But let's just imagine you spend 100 euros a week eating out or going out or entertaining yourself. Let's say it's a restaurant. And once a week you go to this restaurant and you spend 100 euros a week or a restaurant, you spend 100 euros a week. That's actually, it's a little bit more than 400, but let's just call it 400 euros a month. In the next six or seven weeks, the six or 700 euros that you would have spent on something that you probably love, you really, really miss. Now you've got 700 euros to spend on a weekend away. Like what you need to do is, and you know what? You spend the weekend away in Ireland with that money. You do your holiday with the money that you, you would have saved anyway if you're going to get, a go, get to go abroad this year. But that's how you can help the economy. Build up a war chest for yourself. Build up a money, uh, I call it in, in, in series one of how to be good with money. We had someone in particular, Michelle, she was great. And she loved the idea that I gave her a fun fund. And the fun fund can be, you can really be building up the fun fund right now. Most hotels, for example, if you do like to go out for it, now you can do something bigger when the world opens up again. Most hotels right now, if you ring them up and you book them and the world changes between now and your booking, they'll work with you. But you know what? It helps them plan. Now they are letting, you're giving them some control of the controllables and that's very important. So I think we can plan somewhat to have a decent summer. Right. But if we get any snippet of a summer where the world has opened up again, why not make it the best summer you've ever had? Because you should be in a, if you're in those two million, you should be in the financial position to really reward yourself for all the stuff you've missed out on. And it's now a really good time. I know myself, like uh, even on my computer in front of me here, I've got Spotify. I've got Apple Music. I've got an Amazon Prime thing going on. Is it a good time from a financial perspective, maybe, to have a look back through your direct debits and see, do I use that? Do I not use that? Should I unsubscribe from that? And kind of prioritize, you know, and prioritize the things that you actually use and maybe clear up the direct debits that you forget about. Because I know I certainly do that. Um, And uh, just even chatting to you, I'm kind of ticking over my head, right? I need to actually sit down and look at my subscriptions and see what I'm using and what I'm not using. What I would say is, is that we, we can be, this time of year is a brilliant time of year to do it right? Because it's kind of new year, new you, all that stuff. But you know what? You're locked in your house. What else are you going to do except to take the laptop out? So a couple of things I'd say to you, like there is those things like, do I use my Spotify and my Apple Music? Like, do I need both? Uh, How many credits have I built up on my Audible? Like, have I got a backlog of credits there? And what, what are the stuff that I haven't actually gone into that I'm not using anymore? Remember, what's the stuff that I don't miss or I didn't even realize I didn't miss? The easiest way of doing this is taking out the bank statements, as you said, and running through them and picking out what's actually making sense to you and what's not, right? But there's the little things, like when I say little things, like the kind of $3.99 a month things, and then you get bigger and you get to things like car insurance and home insurance, and they're getting bigger and bigger. But don't forget the really big stuff. Like the really big stuff is things like your mortgage. Like since last year, since this time last year, your bank has to write to you and tell you if there's a cheaper rate available with them. Really? But the bank doesn't have to write you to tell you that there's a cheaper rate available with the bank across the road. There are over 100,000 people in Ireland who could actually be on a cheaper rate if they just did a little bit of legwork. Now, this is, this is, it is a plug, but it's not a plug because I always use this reference. CCPC.ie, who sponsored the TV show that I present. CCPC, the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, government agency. They have a superb tool on their website where you compare your mortgage to all the mortgages available in the market. 
All you need to know give, is, give me the, give me that website again because I got to write that down. CCPC.ie. And you know what? There's loads of stuff. And uh, sorry, I won't go on about this, Carl, because it'll just sound like a plug. I genuinely use it all the time. They compare everything from current accounts to savings accounts to mortgage accounts to credit cards. They have little calculators in there that allow you to um, show you how to clear down your credit card quick. It's a really, really it's a like it's a government agency. It's not like I'm trying to plug a private company here. It's a government agency. They do sponsor the TV show, but they're doing a good job, and that's why I'm happy to talk about it. And what I would say is, is you can save thousands. Like, it's not unusual over the term of your mortgage if you switch and you do it right to save 30 grand over the term of your mortgage. 30 grand. Not unusual at all. And and give us the idea of the kind of rates that are out there. So if someone at the minute is on, I don't know, let's call it probably 3% or something like that. Yeah. You know, what kind of rates are out there? So you can get rates. There is one rate on the market at the moment, which is less than 2%. I think it's 1.9 1.9 or 1.95. That's the first time in 10 years we've had a rate under 2% new entrant into the market. They're trying to squeeze a bit. Um, there is a little bit of a kind of, the other banks said, oh yeah, but they're a cherry picking. But that's fine if you're a cherry. Like if you're the one being picked, that's okay for you. They are looking for people who have less than what's called 60% loan to value. And what that means is, is that for every 100,000 euros your house is worth, you need to have less than 60,000 euros of mortgage on it. So if you have a mortgage of 100 grand, or sorry, if you have a house worth 100 grand, that mortgage needs to be less, worth less than 60 or a million euro needs to be less, worth less than 600,000. So they do have a couple of rules around who they'll give that rate to and they are doing a bit of cherry picking and that's fine. There's lots of rates in and around 2.2, 2.3, 2.4%. Um, I don't actually have figures uh, to, to hand, but you know what? When you post this out, I'll throw some figures up on it afterwards and we'll give you some actual figures. But you can save considerable. I always look at it when I'm, for me, I love the GA, right? And we, we had somewhat of the GA this year. But I always look at it as, is most of the time you could get two premium tickets in Crow Park for ten years with the money that you would save, right? And okay. okay, so so sh- so shopping around, and not just for your mortgage, but shopping around generally is, and people have pres- presumably now that those who are homeschooling are going to shoot me for saying this more time for maybe than they would have had before to do that shopping yes. around. And you know what else? I think about all the tricks that the shops use on us. Right. So think about it. people don't realize this, but you're not exposed to it right now. So the shops are working. I'm talking about grocery shops here. Right. The, the shops are using other things, their websites now to really catch you out. Now, we are still going into the supermarkets. Some people are doing a lot more online. But think about what happens. Right. There was a really famous shop owner, Superman. Um, he, who, who, who has the surname Quinn, had a shopping a, a store. Empire. Yes, Empire. And one of the things he used to do, and people didn't realize it, they thought it was just by mistake. He used to pump the smell of bakery into the car. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now, when you think about that, like you're getting caught, your senses are being enhanced. You walk into a shop on a quiet Tuesday morning, the music is real calm, it's quiet. You go through the shop real gently, right? Be aware of these things. That's to get you slower to spot more stuff. You, you all, it, it, lots of people know the eye line stuff. Like the stuff at your eye line is the most expensive stuff. The stuff at the top and the bottom is the cheapest stuff. And um, it's a great thing on TikTok. Actually, I'm only kind of getting into TikTok. I'm not posting on it at all yet. But there was a great thing on TikTok where a, a, a girl who works in food nutrition was able to identify the barcodes and whatever way she did it, she was able to say that brand and that brand are exactly the same thing. They come from the same batch of this food and they're exactly the same thing and there was like two euros in the difference between them 
So there is lots of little tricks that the supermarkets play on us when they're doing it, like all the stuff, milk at the back of the store. So you have to go in and go all the way to the back of the shop. And being conscious of these things can make a massive difference to what you spend. And don't go to the shops hungry. You'll spend much more. Um, don't bring the kids if you can, because they'll demand stuff. And you tend to just rush around a bit more and throw stuff in the trolley. So the little things added up over time can make a massive difference. But the big things also can't be neglected. And what I would say to you is, is it's a great time to get your house in order. Your home insurance might be renewed until August, right? Put a thing in your diary now, take out your phone, 1st of June, 1st of July, sorry, look at the home insurance. Don't wait until it's ready for renewal because you'll just do it. There's half a million people at the moment this month will renew their health cover. Again, don't leave that. If you didn't get it right this year, don't leave it till next year. Put it, not the 1st of December, start looking at November because you'll get wrapped up in Christmas next year. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. And I'm going to pull you some words, um, because I see on your Instagram, you talk about this a huge amount. So when I know you're having us on, I thought I'd bring it up around investing. So people will have lots of savings, or some people will have lots of savings. Some may go on the big holiday. Some may buy the brand new car. Some may do whatever. Some may want to invest it. So talk us through your top tips around investing. Okay, so the first thing that you need to realize, we have 123 billion sitting in bank accounts. I would suggest to you 70, if not 80% of that money does not belong in bank accounts. It's the wrong place for it, right? Something that costs 100 euros today, if the ECB do their job right, will cost 102 euros next year when we take inflation into account. Now, there's no bank account is going to grow it from 100 to 102. You can take that hit for one, two, and up to five years. It's not that damaging to your overall finances. But what you need to do is you need to look at your bank account, your credit union account, your on post account. You need to add them all up together and you need to decide how much of all of that money are you actually going to need in the next five years? And anything you're not going to need in the next five years does not belong in your bank account. It needs to be invested long-term, okay? And then people say, well, what's this investing thing? And is that for people who are loaded? No, like you can do this for like 100, 150 euros a month or a lump sum of 500 euros. It's, and people then say, oh yeah, but I only have a thousand or I only have 2000, is it worth it? Yeah. The rules for a thousand euros, investing a thousand euros are the same rules as investing a million euros. When I'm doing it for private clients and we're investing one and a half, two, three, whatever million, the rules are exactly the same. The way I would invest that would be the same way I'd invest 10 grand. So what I would say to people is, is that you first need to decide how much my money am I not going to use? Then I need to decide, okay, it's not there. So what am I going to do? The easiest thing, and, and people will always hear this, the no-brainer 60-40 portfolio. Anybody who listens to me or follows me on Instagram or hears me on radio or wherever it is, 60-40 no-brainer portfolio. What is that, right? The no-brainer portfolio was CFAs worldwide, certified financial analysts. These are the guys who crunch the numbers on investing, right? They were all asked, if you don't have an investment advisor, where should the client put their money? And they said 60-40, no-brainer portfolio. So what it is, is it's 60% of your money goes into world stock markets. Now, what you do there is you buy a tiny bit of Google, a tiny bit of CRH, a tiny bit of Disney, a tiny bit of every... And I mean, when we build a portfolio for a client, it wouldn't be unusual for us to have exposure to 14,500 different companies. Like we're talking about really, really well spread out. Why do we spread it out so much? We spread it out so much because think about COVID. Some companies did incredibly well and some companies got absolutely annihilated depending on what they did and what their job was and what their role was. When you invest in them all, what happens is is the big ones 
drag up the, the bottom ones. Now, some people will say to you, oh, yeah, but I just, I'm just going to buy the big ones. No, you're not, right? People who are paid to do this fail to do it every year. So what I would say, just buy them all. So 60% of your money goes into the world stock market and 40% of your money, you give a loan of it to companies and to governments in the form of what's called bonds. Now, then people say, okay, so the no-brainer 60-40 portfolio, how do I get access to one of them? Do I walk into my bank? Do I walk into the pension houses? Where do I go to get these? This is a style of investing. It's not an investment, right? So this is a way of investing. And what you need to do is, is when you engage with your financial advisor or your pension advisor or your bank or whoever it is that you're getting the advice from, what you're saying is, is I just want my money split across the entire world, stock market at 60% of it, 40% of it into bonds. And I want it done. I just want to buy the stock market. I, I, as in, I just want to buy what the rest of the world believes is the right thing. And it's just a way of investing. And they won't have off the shelf, oh, here is our 60-40 portfolio, but they'll have a fund that has 60% shares and 40% bonds. And that's what you're trying to do. Now, people then say, but am I taking a lot of risk then? Is that like real scary stuff? The reality is, is I'm not talking about my 60-40 portfolio. I'm talking about a 60-40 portfolio, right? The, the global benchmark. Over five years, there's a 99.6% chance of a positive return. Over seven years, we have never lost money on a 60-40 portfolio. Eight years, nine years, 10 years, it's all the same. Seven years or more, we've never lost money. The reality is, though, there's still a 25% chance. You put your money in today, there's a 25% chance that in a year's time, you're going to be down. And that's where people make the mistake. You need to set it up right from the start, invest and forget. Just leave it alone. Think about it. If you just ignore it for five, if it's set up right at the start and you ignore it for five years, you have a 99.6% chance of a positive return, hence the five-year rule. That's why I'm comfortable telling people, yeah, five years is the tipping point between inflation destroying your money and you taking on a little bit of risk. So it's okay. a style of investing. It's, and this is the thing that people can get confused and it's difficult, particularly like uh, my Instagram following has exploded for whatever reason, right? And it's one of the things that's hard to get across. And so I'm delighted to get the opportunity because it's hard to get it across on Instagram as to what I'm talking about. It's just a style of investing. That's all it is. And we've covered lots of stuff so far. And towards the end of an interview, I always ask the same thing. I always pull it back and say, okay, look, and these are the hard questions actually. Your, your golden nuggets and your golden tips in terms of advice for people listening in. What are there two or three that are regardless whether you know you've got savings and your income's improved or whether your income has disimproved? Are there two or three really simple top tips that you give to everyone listening in with regards to their finances? Yeah, I'm on a bit of a buzz at the moment, Carl, with the new year. And what I've kind of come in and my mindset coming into this new year is that there's a whole pile of stuff going on in the world that we have no control over. And it's really down to let's just control the controllables. And that's my mantra the last couple of weeks. And I personally will worry about stuff that I can control, but I'm not spending time worrying about stuff I can't control. And it's not my genius. It was actually, do you know where I heard it first? Some years ago, I was listening to Brian O'Driscoll speaking at, a, at an after dinner speech. And he talked about, I don't care what happens in the last five minutes. In, this, in, in the past five minutes of the game. I'm only worried about the next five minutes. I can't do anything about the last five minutes. I can only worry about the next five minutes. And it's kind of, that has stuck with me for quite some time. And I'm kind of going, more than ever, let's just worry about the stuff we can control and someone else's control and the other stuff or isn't, whatever you, your opinion is. And there's a whole pile of stuff we can't. So control the controllables. And that 
then filters down to everything how much you're spending on a day-to-day, you have never, ever, ever had an opportunity to really control not just your expenditure, but your weight, your fitness, your food, your everything. Like There's so much stuff that in a world that's gone mad, we can still control. So take that opportunity, make the changes, remember the stuff that you miss, but remember, and even take out your phone and when it comes into your head and write it down, I don't miss my seventh coffee of the day, which is the thing the financial planner always goes after. But what is it you're not missing? And really ask yourself, what is it you're not missing? Because I really think that we have an opportunity for, this sounds real cliche, but we have a real opportunity for change here, for the good. And the first lockdown felt like a bit of a reset. It's kind of wearing off at this stage, but we (laughs) do still have an opportunity to, to change how we react. And remember that when you walk into a shop, you haven't been doing it for a while, Marketing departments are going to be all guns blazing trying to get that money out of your pocket. Make decisions now while you're not immersed in those marketing worlds and go book yourself a hotel for the money that you haven't been spending in a restaurant. Go support a local shop. Take responsibility for the fact that if there's a little shop that you love and it's not there in six months, take responsibility for the fact that you contributed to that shop not being there. I'm not asking you to feel guilty. I'm just saying if you love that shop and you want it to be there when when everything comes back, We'll do something to support them now. And that's really important because we will get through this. Like there's no, there's no questioning. We're, we're on the way to the end of it. And when we do, like the world will be a good place again. And I think we'll all be the better for it. And it's no different than the guy who loses his job and my top end clients who are coming into me and they think their world is falling apart. We all feel like our world is falling apart. But time and time again, when somebody loses their job and they get a package, 12 months later, they come into me and they say, yeah best thing that ever happened to me. I changed my direction. I really got my refocus again. And if you're one of those people who's lost their job at the moment, oh, you know what? If you're still in your job and you don't like it, it's actually a great time to make a change with your life and your career and everything else. Oh, and as ever, you're full of positivity and full of fantastic advice. I know the TV show is back on screens. The book is still in bookstores nationwide. And if people want to find you online, where do they find you? So um, Instagram, Owen McGee, you'll get me. Owen underscore McGee, I think it is. Uh, Twitter, Owen McGee, all one word. E-O-I-N-M-C-G-W-E. The book is still on the shelves, Carl. I don't know if you know. I don't know if, if, if the guys were telling you, but I was telling them beforehand. Last week, the book so- sold more books than any other week since it launched. It's been on the shelves or kind of on the shelves since last March. Sales have been incredibly consistent. Like we were by far the best-selling personal finance book of 2020 by a country mile. In fact, we are definitely in the top 10 of all time for personal finance books now. But last week was a real, I suppose, new year, all that stuff. Sales Mm -hmm. just rocketed, like really rocketed. TV show, half past eight on Thursday evenings on RTE1. You've only missed episode one of series three. It's it's on the player as well. And all episodes, all series are on the player. Um, And that's gone as well. And one of the things that people are loving, and I know you do them too, Carl, but the Q&A on Instagram. Um, it's just such a great way of getting a feel for what people really want to know about. And I try to do them at least once a week. And it's a, it's a great way of, I think I actually robbed that off you back in March. <laughs> yeah, that's allowed but it is it's a fantastic way to keep people engaged and to give your content out as always folks I hope you agree it's been a fascinating episode with Owen McGee as always uh, I hope you enjoyed it as ever you know where we are we're Real Health at independent.ie at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram we'll see you next week for more Real Health Leia Healthcare looking after you always proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry